Just another week, I'd say, in college football. Good, not great, no elite matchups. Um, one thing I will say about this year is that I don't think I've seen a truly elite, like, all-around team. I thought it was Alabama, and it's not. It might be. It still might be. It's still early. But I, it is, like, there's going to be a lot more parity in college football this year than we've seen in the last couple of years, which I'm, I'm all in for. Did uh, either of you hear what? Fornelli had to say about it, kind of why it happens this year. On to this thought. Oh yeah, from what he said from from the other night. I, yeah, I, I did. Yeah, he's talking about like uh, basically with this COVID year. Obviously, last year was a weird year, but just the way the roster turnover works with these super seniors, the elite teams, guys that were going to the NFL went anyways. But for not the elite programs, you got fifth year, sometimes sixth year, sometimes seventh year guys that are back for another year. And that gives them the advantage to maybe hang with some of the big boys that they otherwise might not have. Um, that being said, I don't think that applies to Florida and Bama necessarily. Maybe Florida had some guys come back that weren't otherwise. But uh, I, Bama just has some questions that they still need to answer throughout the season. As most teams still do. Mm-hmm. We're used to seeing them just being able to almost do anything at offense at will, at least the last few years we've had when they've had Tua and then Mac Jones last year. The stable of running backs, you know, Brian Robinson, the other guys they have there, I'm not like super impressed with any of them. Obviously, you know, I'm sure they'd be fine at Notre Dame, but you know, they're not really they're running the ball like less than five yards of carry so far this year, which is you know, a far cry from what they were. They don't quite have the same vertical passing attacks last year, which obviously was the most prolific offense of all time, but Still, they looked human. So, yeah. I mean, they were a couple inches away from losing. Very, very close to losing that football game. D, to your point about what they're doing is from the rushing standpoint. I had those stats up. I was just telling you before we started. Alabama is running the running the ball four yards a clip. Puts them right between Western Michigan and Vanderbilt. Um, so, like, you know, they have, that's not the same offense that it's been in the past. And I think that's a symptom of much like what Notre Dame's seeing, where the offensive line also just isn't as good. They lost some. Really good, really good guys up front, and Leonard the Wood and uh, Landon Dickerson. Those those guys were were, were really really good. Um, and to to add, add add to it all, you got a freshman or a new quarterback, right? And a receiving core which is good, but not great in comparison to what they've had there in the past, right? Like Mechie's still there, but it, it's not the Waddle Rugs Waddle Rugs Smith. The receiving core either. And you look down the line, Clemson, 
that's another team that they can't do anything on offense. They like might be worse than those. They just it's not even O line problems necessarily for them. It like, is O line really problems catch. though. A lot it of is, O-line yeah. problems. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, Georgia Tech is was handling them. And Georgia Tech had a bad loss earlier. Like Georgia Tech's not good. No. Uh yeah, that game was weird, I guess. There was lightning delays and and but it's like I think Ian's right. Like, like the offensive line just isn't playing well, and and, and brings the questions. I think because we haven't really seen another test for Georgia, right? But Georgia's defense looks elite week one uh, in a slugfest in Atlanta, and now it begs the question: Is Clemson's is that was that just a symptom of Clemson's offensive line being bad, or is this defense elite like we think it is? It's gonna it's gonna be put to the test in the next few weeks here, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think even even then. Even for even for a team that looks really solid in Georgia, there are going to be more questions that are, that are going to be answered in the in the near future here. I'm in on Georgia. I think I, I, I think like Georgia they're really too. good. Yeah. Um, and once they kind of, I mean, again, they haven't had any tests yet, but it seems like they've ironed out some offensive issues. And yeah, Clemson's O line might be that good, but like Georgia's defense still looked incredible, and they have looked incredible. I think I think they're neck and neck right now with Bama. Yeah, but it's it, got to be this one. Got to be one. And if they're coming out of the East, you know, if, as long as they can pretty much get by Florida, you know, I guess Kentucky's okay. South Carolina's still down. They, I mean, they dropped the game to South Carolina in 2019 right after beating us. So, you know, as long as they don't trip up in one of those games like they have in the past, yeah, I think they have a pretty clear shot to the playoff. Yeah, I think so too. I think they're they're one of the teams that have a more uh, a more clear issue than uh, than most. Um, like you look at some of the other conferences. Like I, I think Oregon probably has a pretty solid shot at it now too. Uh, but we're also looking at but we're also looking at a, at a pretty tight Big Ten, which is kind of where I, where I, where I want to focus. Like Michigan State goes down to Miami and really blows the doors off Miami. Doesn't yeah had had no no problems with the Hurricanes. Penn State looks really good or pretty good against Auburn. Uh, I think that Clifford and Clifford and Bo Nix both played better than, than everybody thought they would, and that was a really fun game. Uh, Iowa's obviously rolling. Ohio State's there, but Michigan looked really good again, too. I mean, they played Northern Illinois, but that offense is humming as much as I hate to say it. So, that running game uh, is humming. That yeah. Running the humming, the running game is humming. The running game is humming. The running game is humming. So I'm, I'm pretty excited that the Big Ten East is going to be a race – um, and that the Big Ten West, you know, I think I was probably in the commander seat there, but you know, Wisconsin's still a good team. Minnesota looked better this week. Um, yeah, it, it's not, it's certainly not over out there either. Do you know who's been really impressive and who I saw actually moved to the top of the Heisman odds this week? Matt Corral of Ole Miss. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, they, no they, one, they, no they got Bama this week, right? Yeah, I mean, if he steps up and has a huge game, you know, who knows? I mean, oh, he, had one, he had seven touchdowns against Tulane, and he only played three quarters. They look they look real sharp. They look really, really sharp. They're, they're just an overall better team. Uh, but, like, building off the, the Big Ten, like, they do look really good. Minnesota rocked Colorado. Um, I think Fernelli actually used the word mollywop. Mollywop, excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> Um, well, that, I mean, they look good, and I don't think Auburn's that good, um, and it's really hard to win in a Penn State whiteout. So I'm not gonna, you know, go screaming through the streets that Penn State's the best team in the country. 
so I don't want to overreact. But Big Ten looking good further scares me about Wisconsin. Like I, I, I get really caught up in the transitive property early in the season. I know it doesn't apply at all, but I'd like to do it. And the Big Ten's transitive property looks pretty good. And our transitive property is Florida State's 0-3 with the loss to an FCS school. Toledo got rocked by Colorado State, who lost to Vanderbilt. And then Vanderbilt lost by 25. And Purdue's Purdue. Um, and they are not nearly as good as they were expected to be at this point in the Jeff Brown era. So I don't I'm, – I'm just stating fact. I'm just, I'm just letting people know what, what's out there. I'm not going to draw anything from it. It, it, it's not great, and I, I almost—I was reading Samson's article today in the Athletic, and he said that this was essentially the preseason for Notre Dame. It's like almost like when a college basketball team has a couple of preseason games against lower-level teams. Like this is finally, you know, when the SEC schools start off the year, some scrubs. That's almost what we've had. Now is everything completely ironed out? Of course not, but you know, those were three stinkers that you know we got off the schedule. I will say that in in albeit through all three of them were stinkers. I think stinker three, I started to come around on some things. I think the football team started to come around on some things. Uh, I think there were there were definitely areas where I felt Notre Dame improved this week um, compared to what I necessarily saw against uh, Florida State and what I saw against Toledo. So I was pretty I was I was happy about that for sure. Obviously, some glaring issues that we'll get to, but uh, I, I did I did find that um, that preseason analogy that Samson made um, somewhat compelling because I think because as we know we kind of really get into the meat of the schedule here between now and now and Halloween I'm nervous I I think you guys are a little more optimistic than I am Um, I was there in South Bend it was awesome the stadium was finally full Uh, it was scorching hot but uh, it was a good day in the bend we don't look similar to how we've looked in the last couple years and and I think we can get into it a little bit, but how we beat Georgia, like we are, I mean, we're not running the ball on fourth and one. I mean, Kyron scored a touchdown on it, or fourth and short, Kyron scored a touchdown on it, it worked. But we, we, there's no no confidence in any type of push, and that D-line in Wisconsin is going to be a problem, and I think we're going to have to win with our athletes, which we did look good athletically against Purdue, minus our hands. I mean, what was that? We had two drops all year coming into this game, which were the mayor ones against Florida State, and then seven is what oh pro gosh. football focus. I think Lindsey. I think Lindsey was looking right into the sun. I don't know what the broadcast said. I think he was. Yeah, he's right no. Into the that's sun. what the, that's what he said. Okay, that that kind of checked out. That was a dime by Cone, but every other ball was like very catch. They weren't like right in the hands, but plays that should be made by Notre Dame football players. Just like I don't know if we were sleeping or. Not focused, but I mean, Kevin yeah. Austin was dead asleep. Like, yeah, he was horrible. Yeah, he had a catch. Didn't... He had a catch that he came down with, then dropped it. He had just kept. He had just drops right away. I mean, he had drops in different variations throughout the day. It was kind of impressive. It was. I and while I agree with you, and I, I don't mean to just make it all positive because the drops were were, like re- were really really alarming. It was good to see. Uh, when when guys are dropping passes, we still got guys who who want to step up and make plays. Uh, and that's Avery Davis. Like I thought, uh, number three played played pretty well. Uh, it was good to see him get back in the fold because I thought he had had a quiet 
first two weeks. Um, it makes, if at the very least it puts another person on tape that defenses have to worry about, right? Um, so now you've seen Kevin Austin have a great game. You've seen Michael Mayer have a great game. You've seen Avery Davis have a great game. Lindsey had a better game outside of the drop. Uh, it's still putting these weapons on tape uh, and making defenses account for them, which should hopefully help us open other things up. Avery Davis yeah, yeah. picks his spots. He picks his spots. He just has Avery Davis games. He'll go absolutely quiet, but he'll come up when we need him to come up. So like, yeah, I'm, I don't have any confidence that he'll make a catch next week, but he'll win us another game down the road. I'm confident in that. Yeah, I mean, the touchdown he had, the long one down the middle, it was because they were double covering Michael Mayer. He was able to just run a skate post, get wide open. And, yeah, like you were saying, Tom, you know, even though Lindsey dropped that pass, he still shows the ability to get behind a guy into the end zone. Yeah, with his blazing speed. Now, there are other weapons. Like we're using Kyron and Tyree in the passing game a lot, and I think that's kind of the same thing where you give either him or Kyron a – inch of space and they can take it the distance Kyron showed it Kyron's run at the end was also just awesome yeah. oh that was awesome that was so good to see I think and it was cool. I, mean, it, ahead, I think sorry. it was tough but it was tough but I also found it uh, creative in the way that he finished it there was probably some guys yeah. that should have bought him down but the guy went for the strip and he was able to shake him off he beat the he beat the safety that was on the play side, and then the far side safety was coming, uh, and he threw him a little, he hit him a little hazy, little hazy. It was like it uh, was a like he was gonna go bounce out to the left. It was like a north south hazy hay. It wasn't even like an yeah. east west. He just kind of like no. took a step. It was like that Trent Richardson run against right. Ole Miss. That's what I was thinking of against Ole Miss. Yeah, but it was I, I appreciate the creativity that it takes, especially when you're moving that fast, to to figure out how you're gonna get in how you're gonna get in there because you just don't have. At that point, he's just not accelerating enough to, to do it with just his feet. Uh, so have kudos you, to kudos to Kyron Williams. Do you do you guys know the video I'm talking about when Kyle Shanahan, coach of the 49ers, is goes up to the ref and goes, George Kittle is going to run a five yard out, and that guy's yeah. going to hold him. And the ref's like, all right, I'll look for it. George Kittle runs a five yard out, and the and the Nickelback or whatever holds him, and they throw a flag on it. Somebody <laughs> on our sideline should do that every single time, every single play for Michael Mayer. Because he just gets grabbed. He just gets grabbed. I'm going to nominate Sir Gutsmore, get to it. Nick Luzinski, anybody that isn't actively calling plays or something, just get in the ref's ear and be like, they're going to grab him. One of the two guys that's on him is going to grab him. It's not within five yards. It's like he gets held every single time. And I don't know why they're not looking for it. Yeah. I mean, so side note with calling Gutsmore, we did see number 45 get on the field this week. Mm -hmm. But it was Joe Alt as like a – (laughs) <laughs> really an extra offensive lineman, but I, I wish he, I wish he like caught a pass or something on some gadget play and the PA yes, announcer would have said Colin Gutzmer. Just look that would have been pretty funny. Like the hell's 45. We, you gotta get, we gotta get Colin an NIL deal here. Yeah. Pay him 20 bucks. Yeah. Um, it, it, we talked a lot about offense. I think uh, for maybe I'm exaggerating, um, but it, it felt like a really important, part of Pete or very important part, uh, play in the game was Kyle Hamilton stop on fourth and one. I think it was mm-hmm. in the first quarter. Um, I think there are other games that change. There are other plays that change the game, but this certainly has to be included in the conversation. Uh, it, I mean, I was watching the game in a bar and like that got me off my feet. I'm sure it got the whole stadium off my feet, but off their feet, but I was, I stood up. I was, I was so excited. I think there, and there was a lot of things that made that play go, go right. Like uh, 
Bauer, Bauer pushing outside. I think it was Pryor who took on two dudes to hold the outside leverage. Uh, and, you know, it takes a freak athlete to make the play that Hamilton made, but uh, a really good group effort. I was, that was, that was probably my favorite play of the game. I, re- I was able to rewatch most of it today. Uh, that, one, of, uh, that was pretty freak sweet. Athlete, number seven looked pretty good. I thought Isaiah Foskey. I thought he looked very good as well. But the whole D line looked really, really good. Yeah. Did we see much of Patello? I don't think he got on the field other than special teams. Which, I I mean, I I think Kelly made a comment in the postgame presser where he said he has to get his legs back under him, etc. Don't know if that's just Kelly speak or if that's just like Patello. I think he's certainly good enough to get on the field, especially in some pass rushing situations. Um, But if he goes against Wisconsin, I think it's fine. I think the biggest takeaway for me on the defensive side of the ball was third downs. We got off the field for the most part. Yeah. I think I we were – it was 14 or 4 for 16 Purdue was on third down. And, yeah. D, you sent the stat. I think they got their first two of the game. And then they were 2 for 14 from there on out. Yep. Uh, so getting off the field on third down, which will be extremely important this week. Uh just knowing the way that Wisconsin likes to possess the ball, and I'm not expecting it another uh, another weekend where we go 75% because it's probably not in the cards. But getting off the field on third down this week will be will be really, really, really important, and we did a really good job of that last week against Purdue. I think I hate Jeff Brom. Just on a side note here, like it was hot in the stadium, and I'm st- of course to stay at the alma mater, and he challenges that first down that we get with like two minutes left, puts the cover, uh, yeah. puts the cover in jeopardy, and then calls a timeout with a minute and 18 seconds left when we're taking a knee. I just don't – I never understood that. Like, if mathematically you cannot win the game, I don't understand calling a timeout. So I think I'm out on Jeff Brown. And, yeah, I just don't like um, it. I'm back in on the Irish covering, though. That was fun. That was, yeah. I think everybody's I, pretty happy about that. I, I, I chickened out, hand up. <laughs> Did you? Hand. Yep. <laughs> I did not bet. I didn't bet on Purdue, but I didn't bet on the yeah. Irish. And that's, that's fine. I can't blame you on that. Well, Brandon Lenz is, I'll is be back fully responsible for a team total over 33 and a half. Not hitting. No, yeah, he is fully responsible for that. So you can, not often can you point to one play. You can point to one play. I want to keep the focus on Notre Dame, but I do have to mention this. Uh, shout out to Dan Del Figo, our, uh, our Rutgers Notre Dame play. Uh, every week, finally, finally cash this week. We were pretty pumped about that. We were running. I think we were, we were running short on weekends where Rutgers was going to cover. Uh, yeah. And we really needed Notre Dame to get one. Um, and we finally got it this week. So shout out to Delfica. That's huge. All right. And then just on the same talk to the defense, our corners, you know, I know they're young, they're inexperienced. I would give this about a B to B minus effort from them. You know, it wasn't great. They got beat a few times, but they didn't give up the big one. I mean, David Bell's a really good receiver. We kept him under 100 yards. He had that one and one play. That's what we called it when we were watching against Cam Hart, where mm-hmm. he shoves him down. He still makes a catch. Like, if you're going to, you know, have blatant P.I. and choose. If you're going to foul somebody, him, foul somebody. Take him down. Don't, don't let him yeah. get the free throw. Yep. Shack him. So, I mean, that, that was – 30-something yards instead of 15, but overall, not a ton of complaints there. It was, I mean, their touchdown drive was, you know, I don't like seeing them chunk down the field, but it wasn't, you know, the stuff that has made us or driven us nuts for the last two weeks. Didn't seem like mental errors, which was good to see, especially with the new DC. Like, 
one thing I noticed, and we can like get into this, it and I don't know if it's been happening for a couple of weeks. I just haven't noticed, but Freeman sh- like does hockey subs in there. Like he he puts yeah. new units out. Like and it's not a third down unit or anything. Like it's like first down, six new guys. Third down, six new guys. Like anything, new guys come rushing in there, and it seemed like there were some communication issues. Like they're not getting lined up until two seconds before the snap. Yeah. So, so a few things on what you guys on what you guys just touched on. Uh, Ian, I'll start with what you said as far as the wholesale changes that get made. Uh, it does look a lot like hockey hockey line changes, and I think that's part of what Freeman wants to do. Uh, like I think he wants to keep his guys fresh and get as many bodies out there as he can. Um, and when he does it with the D line, I think it works because I think the D line's probably the deepest yeah. spot on on the field. Um, but it, it does make everybody a little uneasy when he does it with the back line too. When he does it with 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 the defensive backs were not as deep. Um, so I did notice that. And it actually came back and bit us um, down on the goal line in the second half. Yeah. Um, Ramon Henderson doesn't get on the field, and Kelly's just chewing him out on the sideline. They go to that They go to that 6 DB package, and Ramon Henderson doesn't get, doesn't get on the field. So it, it's got to – I just think there's still some kinks that need to get worked out, man, with, with the subbing. But I, but I think a lot of them were worked out. I will say on the secondary from from the defensive back standpoint, um, two two things I really noticed that I liked this week uh, was going six six defensive backs in the game was good. I thought it worked. Um, I thought they chose their spots wisely with it. Uh, it was good to see DJ Brown in there, um, and, and and I thought those guys played well. The one other major switch that was made this weekend, which I thought the, the entire defense benefited benefited from, was we switched uh, we switched. Um, Cam Hart and Clarence Lewis. Clarence Lewis came to play. Uh, was in the boundary, I think, and uh, and we moved Cam Hart to the field to be the field corner. Um, and Clarence Lewis probably might be a little bit faster, but it seemed it seemed uh, from a from a scheme standpoint to work a lot better to have Cam Hart out out in the field, which I really really liked. And I know some other people touched on that uh, on other platforms, but I thought that was a really important piece. That is he should, okay? We should mention is, is Cam Hart okay? Uh, Kel, I just I just watched Kelly's presser from this afternoon, uh, and he did not mention anything about it. He think the only uh, he said just bumps and bruises and stuff on the broadcast. They were saying uh, it was just it uh, might have been like a, a, a hit pointer. Uh, and I know that Samson and Fortuna were down on the field, and their post game recap they said that they saw him walking off smiling, who was being helped. But it seemed like if 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 it was a very serious thing, they don't think he would have been smiling. Um, so yeah. I think we'll probably heal. I, I don't think we'll probably hear anything until Thursday on it. Uh, but uh, that's yeah, a Jeff like Brom injury. Yeah. I put that one on Jeff Brom. That's because he challenged that fourth that, that first half. Yep. It, that shouldn't have happened. It is. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything you guys said, but I'd say one thing that stuck out to me is JD Bertrand doesn't come off the field. No, that dude's nor, a I menace. Mean, like, nor should he. Yeah, he's he's. I mean, like he's not he's not Kyle Hamilton, right? Uh, Kyle Hobbs is the best player on this defense, but but damn, JD Bertrand can play play some ball. He's got a nose for the ball, and I will say, remember last week I was saying that like our linebackers do a really really good job going north south. Yeah, Drew uh, Drew White still went still goes well north south. JD Bertrand this week showed me that he can go east west and he can cover sideline to sideline. Um, there was there's a play I distinctly remember. I think it was a running back out of the backfield. Yep. Uh, that Bertrand flies across the field almost almost the full length. Uh, and brings this guy down on the sideline. I don't exactly remember when it was in the game, but I just remember picking my head up, like, wow, like he he can move too. Like he can 
he can move horizontally. So that was uh, I was pretty pumped about that. He's I think he's leading the team in tackles. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I think he'll continue to improve from everything I hear. He's just a film rat, gym rat. Like he's a sophomore, at least eligibility yep. wise. Is, is he a sophomore? Yeah. I guess freshman yeah. eligibility wise. Okay, so he's got he's got plenty of time to improve. So I think he'll keep the, getting better week by week and then hopefully year by year. The bird trains are having a hell of a hell of a sorry, dude, I mean to cut you off. The bird trains are having a hell of a of twenty twenty one here in, in South Bend. His brother was the yeah. ace for the uh for that for that for the baseball yep. team. Oh, was yep. he? John Michael yep. Bertrand, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the scary thing is, is I know this is kind of looking towards next year's like he wasn't even supposed to start. He was behind Maris. Like, if Maris was playing better than that in camp, like, yeah. if you put those two out there, plus maybe a Prince Collie or someone next year, that's a pretty scary linebacking core. Yeah, this was a stat. This was the stat I was just reading about Bertrand. Uh, tweeted out, only three games in, but J.D. Bertrand is on pace for 140 tackles and 18 tackles for a loss. That is I mean, sick. He's playing good ball. He's playing very good ball. Yeah. Um, just to touch on some other things, we kind of skipped over this on the offense. The O-line, once again, not great. I mean, first play of the game, we're like, all right, O-line, let's do better. Sack, then false start. And, you know, I think Tosh Baker was honestly better than I thought he would be going against George Karlaftis. You know, he got beat a couple times. He's a guy starting his first game ever against a first-round pick. But... You know, Josh Lug, you are a fifth-year senior, and you are getting just absolutely bulldozed. And there was a time where he swam around him too. Like it was just poor. Very. I feel poor. pretty. I feel I, it sucks every time he does get beat, but I feel feel pretty validated. He does. Uh, <laughs> just like I've been on this Josh Lug, he just doesn't have it for a while now. But dude, figure it out. Yeah, that was like that was the alarming piece. Like I knew that I knew the offensive line was going to struggle this week because because Carl Aftis was so good. Yeah. But I thought it was going to be because he lined up over the left tackle the whole day, and he didn't. He he came over and said, "I'm going to beat your better tackle into the ground." He there was moves where he he had swim moves on. Like he beat he beat Lug particularly with every move in the book. He put him on skates with a bull rush. He beat him with a spin move. uh, He beat him with a swim. Like. all the basic techniques that that defensive ends are taught, uh, uh, Lug lost on every single one of them, uh, and that, I was, think he, that was pretty. He's not boring. ugly enough. He's not ugly enough. Like all of our best offensive linemen, and I guess except for McGlinchey, are pretty ugly. And Josh Lug just looks like a nice dude, and uh, he kind of plays. Need somebody that. who looks mean. Need somebody yeah, who and, and Baker, yeah. Baker doesn't look mean either. No, um, I think the not the like I knew what to expect from, from Josh Lug. I thought Cade Madden was gonna be a lot better than he is. Oh, he's bad. I don't know. I don't know if, don't know if it's a like a offensive line cohesiveness thing, but he seems to get just like he's slow inside. Yeah, our, he's our terrible against offensive, pass rush. Yeah, our best offensive linemen are two true centers. Yeah, yeah. Carell's Carell's definitely number but, two. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Carell. I think Carell's is kind of a symptom where he doesn't. He shouldn't be the second best offensive lineman on this line. Um, and in this case, he is. I think he kind of. I think. I think he could probably use another year in the role that Patterson had last year, right? When he when you play on a line with uh, with four NFL caliber linemen, uh, that would have been really helpful for Carell. Uh, unfortunately for him, he doesn't have that luck and he doesn't get that experience. Uh, but I, I don't think that him and Patterson are playing all that bad. Madden has been very underwhelming. Still kind of out on log. Uh, 
Uh, and Baker, Baker did his best. He is the third string tackle. I will say uh, the two deep came out today, um, uh, early this afternoon, and Collie's on it. Um, so expect Collie to be back, which means it will probably see a little bit more rotation at defensive at, at linebacker, which is not necessarily a bad thing because you're going to need it. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin had 95 snaps against Penn State. So even if yeah. you want J.D. Bertrand out there for every snap, he's probably only, even even if he played every snap this past week, he probably only played 65 or 70 snaps. Getting to 95 is a lot. You're going to need to the wholesale changes. So I'm glad that's happening. And 95 then snaps to- there is a little bit of a Sean Clifford issue. Like when you're not getting any first downs offensively, Wisconsin's going to have a lot of snaps. So if we can move the ball, hopefully that's not that big of an issue. But sorry. No, yeah, that's, no, no, no. That's a, that's, that is a good point. Uh, and then the other piece of it too is uh, Carm, uh, was it Carmody or Carmody? Carmody's back on the uh, – back on the two deep uh, listed is as an or uh, for the left tackle. I, I, I know we were critical of him, but I, I think he is a serious step up from Baker. Um, yeah. That's not saying a whole lot. But it is saying something in that it's you need you need him back, um, mm-hmm. so especially yeah. in a game in a game like this. Yeah, and kind of going back to your point on the defense, Tom, and like rotating through, Wisconsin plays a very different style of football than Purdue. It's going to be physical. They're coming at you downhill. Purdue didn't really do that. Their runs were a lot of zones, and they passed the ball a lot. So, you know, we're going to be needing to rotate bodies in there. I, this is a game where you know Riley Mills is enormous. I would like yeah. to see him in there, you know, four down lineman sets and sometimes short yardage, line him up inside or maybe over at end even in short yardage. Let him go to work because we'll need that size. I mean, Wisconsin's got the big old farm boys on their offensive line. Like, we'll need our big guys to push. Like, no offense to Howard Cross or anything, and he's very technically sound, but uh, he, he's like 275 pounds, and that's just yeah. not going to get done. If he gets he looks small. center guard he double team. The center guard no, he needs going on him. It's not going to go well. We need we need Chief Fire Hydrant Kurt Heinish along with Riley Mills mm-hmm. plugging gaps in the middle, um, hoping to free up some line. Hopefully, hopefully free up our linebackers to make some tackles. I will say I do want to compliment. I think I think it's also a symptom of of Purdue's offensive line being overmatched. But the Adam Alola twins, I thought they had. I think both Jason and Justin had really yeah. good games. Um, number fifty-seven and number nine. I thought they played really really well. Uh, the whole defensive line did, but I thought they, them in particular, um, especially you know older 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 players on this team, I, th- I thought that they played really really well. It goes without saying that Kurt and Kurt and Myron played really well, um, but I think calling out some of the uh, lesser known names in the Adam Alolas and, and the Howard Cross of the world, I think they deserve some credit too, because uh, I thought I thought the line played really really well uh, at probably the best position group mm-hmm. in my opinion. All right, so overall. How do we feel? Do we feel better or worse than last Monday when we recorded? I feel worse. I feel worse. Um, really? And that's that's a result of the Toledo score. Um, <laughs> so I guess I do put some weight into this transitive property. But Vanderbilt's really bad. They beat Colorado State. Colorado State seemingly is bad and beats Tulsa like or Toledo. So I was kind of hanging my hat that Toledo was better than we thought they were, or maybe they're not. Um, and then Penn State winning, like, like I don't think Wisconsin is as bad as maybe we had hoped. Um, and I just – and I'm scared for this week because 
D, I know you're going to be in South Bend October 2nd. Slav, are you coming? I'm coming for Cincinnati. I'm not coming for this weekend. I'm coming for Cincinnati. But Cincinnati, like, it would be so incredible to be undefeated going to that week. And, like, that's all I want. And I – what I saw on Saturday is not going to be Wisconsin. It could be fixed again, but that's not going to be Wisconsin. I feel uh, – I, I disagree with Ian. I feel better than I did last Monday because I felt pretty bad last Monday. Uh, I think, again, it's the same thing. We're like, we're getting Carmody in for, top, for Tosh Baker, but that's not saying something, but it's not saying something. Um, I, I feel better than I did last Monday. I thought that Notre Dame put together a more complete performance this week. I think there are a few drops away from – this score getting a little uglier than it, than it did. Um, and it's not just the Lindsay drop. Uh, I think there are a few, just a few plays away. It was, I was really encouraged this week that we didn't see any major big, you know, big plays like we did the first few weeks. Um, I didn't think that this Purdue quarterback and skill position players, I didn't think they were any worse than what Toledo or, or, or Florida state had. So to hold that, those groups to, to, to know major plays, uh, was huge. I thought we tackled a little bit better. I think that Freeman's starting. It's not there yet, but I think Freeman's starting to settle in a little bit uh, as to what the identity is on certain downs, um, and kind of kind of find his bread and butter, much like Tommy Reese was able to find his bread and butter last year. I think Freeman's starting to find that that bread and butter. Uh, and again, tackling was better. I liked, although I don't think it'll be as useful this 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 week. I really like the six six defensive backs. I think it'll be really good if we can get Wisconsin behind the sticks. If you can make Graham Mertz throw against six defensive backs, I think he's going to have some issues. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel better from that perspective. I'm really worried. The spot that I'm worried most about is is the offensive line. Um, it's just this D-line's, this D-line's really good. I thought Purdue's D-line was good, not great, and, and they, they gave our offensive line fits. Um, I think last week I said I'm not here for a two-quarterback system. I think it has to be Cone, and I've completely changed my tone on this, not because of the way that Cone played. I didn't think that Cone played the best game of all time, but just for the fact that you have to have Buckner in there to keep the defensive line honest sometimes. He doesn't have to play every snap. He doesn't have to play you know, he doesn't have to play the, the, the majority of them at all. You just need to have Buckner available to to kind of offset, offset some of the – some of the rushing that, that the offensive line has to deal with. Um, so, D, yeah, what are you thinking? So I, I, I agree with both of you. I do feel better than I did last Monday, and I also agree that that performance was not good enough to beat Wisconsin. The reason that I'm more encouraged, I guess, is because our defense just looked like way more cohesive, I guess. And I think that comes from mainly our third down performance and being able to get Purdue off the field. But then we also didn't allow any big plays, and Wisconsin's not an offense that's trying to beat you with the big play. But, you know, if we can show that you know, we can get you into third and medium, third and eight-plus, third and seven-plus really is like if we can get off the field in those situations against Wisconsin, which you know more than likely with their offensive strategy is either going to be like tackle for loss then like three-yard gain on the run for them, then you have them behind the sticks or an incomplete pass from Mertz, who's not the most accurate guy. Um, I mean, the key is going to be getting them behind the sticks, but I, I do feel better, and that's mainly because of our defense. I, I think it's starting to come together a little bit. Things are starting to click once you get more plays on film to review. You know where you'll you have to be. Like for example, DJ Brown gets benched against Toledo, doesn't play a snap, comes back this game, probably 
is in the doghouse for a week and gets a pick. So, you know, it's good to see people rebounding from the first two weeks of the season. I'm a little more encouraged by that. Offense, like you said, Tom, it should have been a 35 point or 34 on the scoreboard rather than 27 with the drop, but still. Uh, I will say too, D, you kind of made the point as far as people who were step like who had good weeks. Uh, Isaiah Pryor, I thought, played really, really well, uh, and that was yeah. really encouraging. Another guy like Bertrand who can move sideline to sideline, but also, like, I thought he played really phys- like physical and, and tackled well. Um, and I think that's if it, if I can have two keys to the game this week, one for defense and one for offense. My one for defense is is you got to tackle, like, got to get these runners to the ground. It's going to be a grind, but you just can't. Much like much you know, much like we did against far, we didn't do against Florida State and Toledo. Like, get these guys to the ground. We're gonna be fine. Like, I, I I think I don't mind being a bend don't break type defense this week. Mm-hmm. And then my offensive key is like easier said than done and, and, and pretty cliche, but you gotta finish drives. Like, there's just not a lot of possessions to be going around this week. So if you get on the plus side of the field, uh, either you know field goals probably really aren't acceptable. Like, I'd rather make Wisconsin go. 95 or 90 yards, um, especially with the way the door looked last week, then then maybe kick these long field goals because I don't think field goals are going to get it done either way. And once you get inside like the 30 or the 35, you got to put touchdowns on the board. You need seven points every time you get down there. You cannot afford to give possessions like that away. And that's what Wisconsin did against Penn State. They got down there and they turned the ball over. Um, I think we've been knock on wood. Let's not jinx anything, but like, we think we've done a pretty good job taking care of the ball on the whole, uh, especially down in the red zone. Uh, Got to put seven on the board when we get down there because uh, it's good. You know, possessions are at a premium this week, much like when you play a service academy. I completely agree that it's it's a red zone game. Like we probably will bend, uh, but we've shown our ability not to completely break in the red zone. And Grand Marks has not looked great in the red zone, so I think that's something we have to capitalize on. Um, this is a little off topic, but I thought that we that Chris Tyree had a really good game, like in the little things. I think he's getting much mm-hmm. better as a runner, not in space. You know, in the in the smaller areas, just as a tougher runner. Um, and Tommy seems to be running him not outside as much, uh, which is kind of just encouraging for the future. I think so. That was good to see. Um, yeah. Offensively, throw the ball to Michael Merrick. He like usually he's a big part of our opening drive script. And we have successful opening drives. Then he disappears for a little bit. And I don't know if that's a double, like, but he disappears. And I would force it into coverage to him a little bit. Uh, not, not, not turnovers, but, like, throw it up for him to go get it or something like that. Um, utilize that. And then I just think our receivers, they should be able to find room with the attention put on Mayer. And they gotta, they got to capitalize when they do. Um, and when we have an opportunity to make a big play, we have to. Because yards are going to be tough to come by. I think defense needs to force a turnover or two here. I think, you know, that's definitely possible. We saw Penn State do it against Mertz. We saw them have some issues with the running game, even getting the handoff to the running back. Like, if they put the ball on the ground, we have to get it capitalized there. That's, you know, why Wisconsin didn't score on a couple of their drives and gave Penn State some really good opportunities. And eventually, at the end of the game, you know, uh, this is another thing is we pressure Mertz. I know it'll be tough. This is probably the best offensive line we'll face all year. But if we pressure Mertz, I mean, the dude has not shown that he's more than the one read quarterback. 
Yeah. So if we get pressure on Mertz, you know, force him into throwing the ball up anywhere within a 20 yard radius of number 14, uh, I feel pretty confident. And it's funny because we're not even exaggerating with the 20 yard radius as we saw against Florida State. Like, yeah, he can make those plays. I think if there's two, two, two players that are really going to be really, really important in this game, indirectly or or directly, it's going to be Jake Ferguson, who's the tight end for Wisconsin, and Michael Mayer, who's the tight end for Notre Dame. I think you're going to watch two of the best tight ends in college football go at it this week. I think the difference here is that we have Kyle Hamilton and they don't, um, which which I think will cause a lot of issues for Graham Mertz. Uh, having we've, Kyle we've Hamilton to cover – Sorry, Slav, but like – yeah. Graham Mertz throws to Jay Ferguson and not many other people. Yeah, like having Kyle Hamilton to take away his favorite option is huge. I don't – I think – while I think the Wisconsin safeties and linebackers are good, they're not Kyle Hamilton good, so that therefore you don't have the same coverage on the elite-level tight end. Um, and I think that also ties into um, to what I said, like directly or indirectly. I would like us to target Mayer a lot more, but if this opens up, Lindsay and Kevin Austin and Avery Davis for one-on-ones. I think we can win the battles against their corners. Um, so yeah, like got to take advantage of that. If, if the ball, if, if we're not going to be able to get it to mayor, if they want to bracket him and double cover him, let them let's win some matchups on the outside. Cohen throws a nice ball down the field. Let's win some matchups and catch footballs. Yeah. I'm a little nervous. Vegas is nervous for us too. I'm nervous too. Do I think they're six points better than us? No, but they've shown that. Like, I, I get why the line's there. Like, what what did you think, think the line is going to open at? I, I I think that's probably where I would have put it. Like thus far in the season, that's kind of what I'm saying is we're more talented than them. I think we are just maybe everywhere except for the offensive line. But you know, they they've shown that you know they're a more complete football team to this point than we are. We've just made too many silly mistakes. You know, obviously the offensive line is basically the reason that we're six point dogs rather than this game being a pick em, which I think it's what that's what it opened at at the start of the year, like way back in like, yeah, like July. They started, yeah, July. I probably would have put it at three and a half. I was going to say four and a half. Like, yeah, I mean, we it's have not looked good. Way. We have not looked good, but you can't tell me if we put it all together at one time that we're not at least a touchdown better than Wisconsin. So that, that like, gives me, like, a 13-point window, I think. Like, if we play our best game, we should beat them. And six and a half is kind of us playing mediocre. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the Action Network now, and, and this is somewhat uh, alarming. Uh, so the line opened at six and a half. It's now down to five and a half. Uh, Notre Dame's taking 73% of the bets, but only 30% of the money which means that Wisconsin is taking 27% of the bets and 70% of the money, which means all the big money, all the sharp money is on Wisconsin. So, again, it's 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 Monday. It's Monday, so these things change. So don't nobody panic. But I hope that that evens out a little more come Thursday or Friday. I would feel a lot better if that number uh, did not have such a large discrepancy uh, in it. But, again, I, I, I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. I'm jealous I'm not going to be able to be there uh, with you guys. It sounds like you guys got a, a, a really fun few days ahead of you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think, I, think we're gonna, I think we got a good shot to win this football game. Um, so, I think we should, we should go try to do that. 
Yeah, I agree. Are the boys gonna be ready for an eleven a.m. kick? Oh, Lord. I got I got noon. I have noon. You have you have eleven. Yeah. Um, it's just gonna be tough because there's just gonna be so much energy there Friday night. Like it's like yeah. oh, everyone's in town for the yeah, game. Yeah. Like let's You're gonna go struggle out. getting to bed before one thirty two. No, stop it. <laughs> I heard I heard Beaumont doesn't close till four. Maybe maybe no sleep. I mean, at that point, I think it's five. At that point, you're you're up. You're ready to go. Ubers are probably cheapest at five a.m. You know, you got that nice little window, so you can just head straight to the south, the Soldier Field lots. Um, I have just uh, sit there. Yeah, I have a pretty funny feeling we're gonna have some parents who are gonna be getting up at five or five (laughs) thirty to head to the state to head to Soldier Field to start to tailgate, and we're gonna have some of their kids our friends coming into the house to get a few hours shut out before they hoof it over to over to Soldier Field. Oh, to yeah. be in the Smith household this weekend. <laughs> oh, yeah. Smith household to Felton's apartment to Soldier Field. And then, then we have the whole day ahead of us, which I guess is kind of nice. But I don't know. It, it could be a mood ruiner for the next 12 hours in Chicago. Game I'm really excited about. Um, at two thirty slate, right after ours, Arkansas, Texas A&M. Ian, you are remember your, your central your central time. That's a three thirty kick. <laughs> it's two. <laughs> we should put a pull up. Put a pull up on on social who where most of our listeners are listening from. So yeah, we should. Maybe we should. And then, maybe, and then we yeah. adjust to that. Maybe well, maybe I'm just being partial. Oh my goodness. Hey guys. Welcome. What's up? What's up, Derek? Welcome. Enjoyed by a special guest. Oh, we can hear you. Special oh, guest. Yes. Can we can we swear on this thing? Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was just a bit of podcast jokes right at the top. Do we start recording already? Are we recording? Oh yeah, you joined yes. live. Oh, we're yeah. rolling. How long have you guys been no talking? Intro. There's no intro. You didn't. I was gonna. <laughs> I was gonna text you guys exactly what you should say to introduce me, but I forgot. Do what do you, you end up going with? What do you go with? We don't have one. You joining? That's yeah. what we want with. with you yeah, would you like on. to just introduce yourself? I'll just edit it so you just start talking in the middle. <laughs> Do you edit this? What's the editing process like? Yeah, I, I just edit it. Just edit what it. does that it's mean? <laughs> I edit it. I, I put it into this Audacity file, this like software. You can like adjust the volumes for everything. For example, if someone like sneezes or if they're typing on their keyboard, but you know, you can take that out. Oh, but, but like if like you were to say something that you regret later, like, would you edit that out? Or would you be like, no, my kids need to hear this. I'm sure I could edit out. Yeah. You can can re-upload the file to the website where I upload the podcasts and you can re-upload it under the same name. So it'll always stay as that. So I I can see the audio. You're on season two. Did anything happen like, in between season one and season two, where you like woke up in a cold sweat, like, oh my god, I can't believe I said that. We gotta go take down the old episode, or I guess it's. Yeah, I bet on uh, UCF or USF to cover versus Notre Dame. And, yeah, uh, you that, definitely should take that back. That haunts me to this day. So. We did the we did the Clemson recap, uh, and I think at least D and I had COVID. Uh, During yeah, the yeah. recap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was a great, not... great weekend. I think yeah, I was wrong. I think I was running a 102. Like, <laughs> here with my head headset on. 
That's awesome. They have you guys like on on pod being like, yeah, I just think we're all going to be fine. It's not, I don't think anybody got COVID. You have COVID during the recording. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they don't need to contact Trace when we actively just are talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Or just putting it onto the internet. Yeah, big yeah. time. This All right. Is- should, should, should we give you a quick introduction uh, and then, or like a quick like thing? Then you introduce yourself. Sure. What are we even doing? What are we talking I, about here? I want. I don't know. I want all of this content in the pod. I think. Oh, I think of course. Okay. Yeah, I think, I, think yeah. I want this in here. This is yeah. this all needs to stay in. I also want a bunch of the content to be us, like referring to just our friends by their first names. I think that's really good content. I think we should do a lot of that. Like. Talk about our she's friends. Been for, she's been on for ten seconds, and she's already making creative decisions. <laughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's. This is gonna be. Second. You guys so so for those, so for those of you who don't know, who our guest is, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, I am the. Um, I'm gonna come on. I'm coming on as an expert in. Um, <laughs> I guess I have a I have a degree from the University of Notre Dame. Mendoza College of Business and Marketing. And over the weekend, I watched one quarter of the football game with my dad, and I saw a commercial that was so upsetting that I, I well, actually, first of all, they begged me to be on the podcast. Let, let me rephrase well, that. We'll get into that in a sec. Would you like to say your name? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, my name. <laughs> my name is Claire Durkin. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, hometown and high school. Oh, my God. Hometown and high school. What is this, an icebreaker? I'm, yes. <laughs> I'm from Riverside, Illinois, and I went to Fenwick High School. Go for it. And what is your experience with the pod? Um, of ours and your own personal experience. How do I how do I experience you guys are all gonna go around and say your own experiences with the pod? No. Well, how, they know us. how often have you been listening us. to Bald Bold and Gold? Oh yeah. Who I is obviously your favorite part and who is yeah. your favorite guest? <laughs> I obviously always click the link when you guys post it so you get like a listen cred. And then I usually listen to like the first 10 minutes, just enough time for someone to say something kind of funny. And then Donna to be like, haha, yeah, anyway. And then I usually turn it off. <laughs> and I always you listen long enough to get a sound bite to text us to make sure yeah. we, you listened. Okay. Yeah, Danny I want to. It does the same thing. Yeah, if there's one yeah, thing I'm gonna Danny do, Danny does do the same thing. Does he always text you guys? That's charming. I, I always, yeah. I want to support. If my friends have a creative project, I'm, oh hell yeah, keeps you guys off the streets. I can't support this enough. Yeah, I'm a listener. I, um, I like to listen a little bit. So then, if I'm ever in like a game watch situation on accident, I like have some things to say. Sometimes I'll just like regurgitate what you guys say on the pod. Um, other than that, I don't know if I've ever listened to a full episode, but. I think um, I've done. Yeah, we'll edit that part out, dude. We'll that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of those we'll edit out. Have you guys had other guests on the pod? We had Will we had Smith had... on the pod. The yeah, Fresh Prince. Prince. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fresh Prince of Winneka. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Sweet. He, he came Durkin, on during our bye week, but yeah, go ahead, Tom. Durkin, so I think we're bringing you on because I think you had a as a, as the, as a marketing major. Uh, from the Mendoza College of Business, I, you had a gripe with some of the commercials that we were watching this weekend. Yeah. Am I wrong? Am I am I wrong on that? Oh, and that segue, I mean, flawless. Thank you. I, <laughs> Thank you, you really you really teed it up for me there. Yeah, I'm embarrassed about it now because I I just went to watch the ad again before coming on the pod, and I was like, this ad is brand new, and I hate it. 
And then I looked and they played it apparently during the whole 2020 season, which I, which I watched. I remember watching a lot of that because of, um, that was COVID and that was after I had graduated from the university. So I was watching a lot of the games on TV and apparently they were playing this ad during that time, but I don't remember that. I only remember seeing it on Saturday and it was so lame and so embarrassing and so full of a football player who I had to look up afterwards. This is Joe Montana? Yeah, it's Joe Montana. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's pretty good. He was good. Yeah. Did you guys know? Okay. Did you guys know what I meant when I was like, oh my God, that Guinness ad? Were you like, oh, it didn't phase me? Or you guys were like, yeah, that's lame. I think I've watched it and I'm like, oh, oh, Joe Montana. Like, I don't really pick up on it and I see Joe Montana, I get a little excited and it happens every time I watch it. So recap the commercial because I don't really know what goes on in it. So yeah. it's just, it's so embarrassingly like, they're just like shilling beers. Like they're just using like the brand of the college that I paid so much money to go for to be like, you know what goes with college education? This milk stout. <laughs> just like, so like flagrantly is just like nothing makes you think of this educational institution, like this alcoholic beverage. And then the guy, Joe Montana is like wearing a football jersey and he's just reminding you at many different points during the ad how much you love both the university and beer. And he's just like bread, leaving little breadcrumbs all along until all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know the difference anymore between my college and this beer ad. And it made me feel so soulless and so sad. (laughs) You are obviously not the target audience. Yeah, no, I think it works because it works. It works on me. I you like when John Montana so, comes to my television. So, do you know who is going to be upset when they hear this? Is our friend Tom Bazzioni because I saw his bar tab from the Florida State game. Everyone else he was with was getting just like pitchers of Bud Light, and he put down seven Guinnesses when he was watching Notre Dame football. Well, it is. A, <laughs> it's the lowest calorie beer you can drink. So slender, slender man Tom over there knows what he's up to. <laughs> you know why I know that? They bring it up in the damn ad. They talk about that. <laughs> Although I will say, Durka, I did I did feel your pain this week. I watched the game at a bar this weekend and it was that's like it was every every T V timeout that one was played. Constant. Feels like it gets played just like a little bit too much. Uh I was the benefactor though. There was a the bar I was at, uh they had a Guinness um, representative there and she was handing out free swag. So we got some koozies and some t-shirts, uh, which was just pretty. Wait, and is, it, free... is it Guinness X Notre Dame on it? Embarrassing. Yes, actually. Yeah, Throw that actually. shit out. <laughs> yeah. And then, like... she gave us free, and then she gave us free beer. Uh, I don't oh. It's not my preference. So we didn't, and they were pretty warm, so we didn't have them. Um, but it was very nice. It was a very nice gesture by her. Yeah, I it's actually dystopian. Have... It's dystopian, Tom. We have to while, reject. <laughs> while we're on the conversation of, of, and football, college football ads that I have a problem with, uh, the Applebee's one. Oh, uh, that's I can't get stuck out of my head. Yeah, I can't get out of my head. Is I so that was a real song. Right that's a real song. Yeah, no, it is a real song. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a real song. What's the yeah, Applebee's for those for those of people listening who don't know the Applebee's ad? Not me. I obviously know it. What would it? What is that one? It's like the, the fancy like song. It's I forget who sings the song. It's a country. A country I just ad. looked it up. I just looked but, it up because I was on the same page. So it's Walker Hayes and it Walker one point, Hayes. 
he like has like two lines about like Applebee's and appetizers. And I think they're trying to capitalize on like the TikTok movement because it's a bunch of like real people, not actors, but actors doing like dances to this song and like a bunch of, and it's, I don't know. Applebee's ads used to work when they just used to show me like boneless wings and said like, this is $5. I actually did. I don't know if you guys have talked about this in the pod yet, which unfortunately I might not know all of the, um, everything that's canon on the pod, but kind of adjacent to this. And this has kind of been coming up. Have you guys been following like how the NIL rules have all changed for the players? You've discussed it a little bit. Did you talk about it? Okay. That is something. A player should get an Applebee's or Guinness ad? No, I'm just saying I feel like that's going to also make things really sad and creepy. We're like so soon all of them are going to be like on the sidelines, like holding a Guinness beer, being like <laughs> kind of like drinking, like, oh, no, I'm not going to drink it. Like, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be a shame if Colin Gutsmer had to wear a bald, bold and gold hat. While you're signaling in place. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. I like I haven't really seen it too much this season, but it's gonna because I, I don't know, I think it's like state by state. So I don't know what Indiana's rules are. But I was frantically reading an article about this because I was like, this feels adjacent <laughs> similar, so now I'm an expert. <laughs> but a bunch of them a bunch of the Notre Dame guys are on cameo, which I think they weren't allowed yeah. to do before. Yeah. The whole line just like eats for free. At Mission yeah. Barbecue. Yeah, and yeah. like some sort of breakfast places. Kyle Hamilton has a rowback deal, which is sweet. Uh, That's like probably the type, top of the list of a deal I'd want. Yeah. If I, I, I bought a rowback sweatshirt. I think my favorite one is Kurt Heinisch has a protein powder deal or something. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. They're all uh, some country Rock, like Carhartt. He might. Carhartt. Yeah, I think I think I think Rocco Spindler does have a Carhartt, and then Hamilton and Cam Hart and. Who else is on that podcast? But they get paid for that podcast now, uh, yeah. Via via Colin Coward. Um, so was I mean, this all just good. starting this season? Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, uh, the coach is on board. He's very supportive. Yeah, yeah. Talked about that today in the press conference. You've got to be on board, though. Like, if you ever want to recruit to ever come ever again. Yeah, that's true. Because kids will just be like, "I can go somewhere else and just make ridiculous bank like shilling." protein powder or whatever they're doing <laughs> yeah just be a just have a sponsorship by like the car dealership guy who's just always creepy and standing around practice is he doing that i mean i'm i think i'm thinking of like sec schools like that's like the big thing yeah. like they get paid yeah. by the car dealerships they just give them like a dodge charger yeah has that but like was that a thing before type of thing it was not legally yeah not, oh not are we spill are we spilling tea no. On the pod? No, no, <laughs> I don't. Th- I don't think. <laughs> if if this is tea, this is like this is like room temperature tea. It's, it's been sitting out for a while. Uh, I thought we could maybe get get some hot takes, something fresh on the most. Those Durkin. who don't know, Durkin was a star water polo athlete. What would you? Yeah, do you think you could have? My what would my nil be for women's water polo? <laughs> Your deal. What, who would you sign up with? Because all they would all want you. Yeah, they would obviously all, all want my club sport. <laughs> Me and the club sport. I don't know. That sport was a lot about, like, oh, you know what? Panera Bread. That sport was all about, like, kind of going with your girlies on your team. You'd all go to Panera in between practice and your other practice, and you would just get a baguette and just split that. And that was $8. the culture. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, Panera Bread, just some nice hospital food for the girls. 
Not bad. Who would you guys? Um, who would sponsor your high school NIL deal? High school, college. Ooh. Oh, when was the last time you all played sports? High school. Sorry, sorry. When was the last time you guys played sports? I lost in a embryo <laughs> uh, basketball semifinal yesterday. So. Yes, well, yeah. Have you guys have you guys talked about this on the pod? How Ian's on six intramural sports. You guys yeah. talk about this? Yeah, <laughs> we don't talk recording. about it. We know what he says. Yeah. Seems, seems <laughs> that's what today. Yeah. He's like this. This will be edited out. Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. I just got Well, it. I'm usually really optimistic. Slamming down, like as you know, I'm optimistic. Today, I'm pretty pessimistic on the team, and I think it's a holdover by my yeah. my boys just getting waxed on the basketball court yesterday. So maybe that Oof. maybe it does seep into the pod a little bit. What team do you have? What sport do you have tonight? Sorry, they get to talk about our personal lives on the pod. I know it's all about sports. I'm potting tonight. That's my sport tonight. You have another pot? Oh, no, it's just this. Oh, this okay, you guys, it's it's not tonight. It's 5 p.m. Okay, listeners, they record this at 5 p.m. That's what like... works for us. This is my dinner break. Oh. Yeah. Donna, Donna I... has a demanding job now, so. Yeah, I'll have to hop well, back like, on those sticks. If you listen to the end of the podcast last week, you would know. That you you know I don't. It's an hour and a half long. <laughs> but you're not up with the timeline right now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Am I having too much fun with my friends on their pod? <laughs> Claire, can we get a game prediction for this week? Um, the prediction is that we're all going to have an amazing time. I'm so excited, but not too much fun because Donna will get so mad if we all had fun at the game. Because Donna gets so mad when everyone goes to the game to just have a good time. <laughs> then he's, let's have a let's have a Guinness together, Claire. Yeah. Right here, like Nine thirty a.m. Let's crack a Guinness. Yeah. Guinness. We should take a pod photo of like you guys all drinking Guinness and me like smashing like a glass bottle on the ground, like <laughs> like uh, <laughs> mic drop style. Could be a good should one. We, uh, should we run Bishop Sycamore with Claire real quick? Yeah, yeah. I want I want I want to do that. Yeah. So Claire. I would like. I think I have to introduce a segment to you, but uh, every week we do a Bishop Sycamore Fraud of the Week um, award, and there is a story behind it. But basically, we all pick one person, team, idea that was fraudulent from the past week. Um, so we will probably all go first. I think ours are gonna be football related, and then you can throw your Fraud of the Week in in any type of context. Does that work? Okay, I'm excited. Slap you on the first. Sure. I'll take the tee box here. I'm going to go with the Clemson offensive line. Uh, yep. I think this is a longstanding thing, but uh, D, I think your guy, your guy's Brock horse, right? Yeah. Evidently yeah. he had some, he had some choice words in a press conference today about their performance. Um, and they looked he did. awful. They looked awful against Georgia tech. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go with the Clemson offensive line. Uh, I think they're going to get tested again this week against NC state. Um, at preview of preview of what could be a fun, uh, Fun money line sprinkle this weekend could be the wolf pack. Yep. D. Uh, you guys bet? You guys betting on this thing? No, 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 no. We never. You give and you give the money to charity. We don't win money. Yes. One money. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the Miami Hurricanes. I mean, this was another year. I mean, they weren't super highly ranked, but there's always some level of hype them behind them, like Derek King. He signed a ton of NIL deals during the offseason. Everyone was gassing him up like he's the best quarterback in the ACC. They let a very average Michigan State team just destroy them on Saturday. I mean, no one was expecting them to be great. I think they were expecting them to maybe compete, and they haven't done that. I just don't like Miami, so 
That's my yep. fraud of the week. Uh, Ian, before you go, I do want to hop on. Uh, another fraud of the week would be uh, pants in Miami. Mel Tucker rocked shorts the whole game and looked great <laughs> doing it. So good, so good for him. I'm going to go with the referees in the Mississippi State and Memphis game. Um, for those that did not see what happened in that game, Memphis ended up winning by two points. And seven of those points came from a punt return touchdown. And on the play, Mississippi State punted it inside the 10-yard line. Memphis guy kind of left it alone, fire, 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 get away. Two Mississippi State guys touched it. I kind of thought it was down. One guy even touched it with his knee down. The referee in the back starts blowing it dead when a Memphis skipper, some some chirpy return man, comes in, swoops the ball away because he knows he's not going to fumble it. That's the rules. Come complicated rule, but he's not going to. It's not going to be a fumble if he touches it. Picks it up, takes it 85 yards to the house. They win by two. Basically, all signs point towards the ref absolutely messed that one up on so many different levels. So and they yeah. came and out. They came out with, yeah, yeah, they came out with the apology. They admitted that they were wrong. It was it horrible. Doesn't fix the score, but yeah. But it, it's not like a, like, oh, I didn't see it, like I missed a holding call type thing. It's like a, we just kind of were confused on the rules just as much as you were. I mean, so that's that's fraudulent when you actually actively don't know how to do your job. So, well done. Also, the fact, the fact that they added, they added the fact that there should have been a penalty because there was two guys with the same number on the field was just like icing on the cake for any Mississippi yep. State fan. So, yeah, so <laughs> that's why I missed sort of the week. Dirk it, the floor is yours. Okay, I just want to say, when you don't know how to do your job, okay, relatable, right? Can we all can we all forget get into our team? Me at work, me at work mood. Oh, okay, um, broad of the week. I guess I got I can't I got I got a couple options. Also, first of all, are you guys all gonna are you guys coming to Chicago this week? I just want to chat. Are you guys coming to Chicago this weekend? Sad. No sled. I am not. We got Donna. Yeah, I will be there. We'll FaceTime you and stuff. Don't worry. Uh, I'm actually yeah. going definitely going to request that for sure. Yeah, I will be. I'll be FaceTiming it on Saturday morning. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, I'm going to say my fraud of the week is going to be Donna. Donna, you're a fraud. <laughs> what? I can't. For what? For being like people who just go to the games to enjoy them and go kill themselves. <laughs> I can say those exactly. I've been at games where you're not watching every play. I, I, we've, I've experienced football yeah. near you. <laughs> In the past, yeah. <laughs> and I think that's I think that's fake of you to say. And I think that it's it's for fun. And I think sometimes sometimes people forget it's for fun. Everyone's okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That's kind of the hardo tough guy take on Twitter. And I I was rather intoxicated when tweeting that. Also, so. sorry, absolutely, it wasn't even you. I mean, it, it was this other cat. Like it wasn't you. Like I don't know. It was, it oh, I mean, I texted him <laughs> to tweet that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. It, it's the guy. It's the guy who just might be hotter than Harlow right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. I also, I think people. I recently, I think people think that my Twitter account might be like supposed to not be my real personality, like who I am, because my photo like is a burner. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no way she can stand behind these words. Like, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm here right now to stand by the fact that that is me. I'm not trying to pretend like it's not. Do you want to, do you want to, do you want to plug your Twitter account, Derek? Oh, yeah, 100. Oh, yeah, we, do we do plugs? Do we do plugs at the end? You can plug whatever you want. It's the NIL era, so. Yeah, yeah wait, should I get a, I'm going to get a cameo after being on this hot. Um, yeah, absolutely. Follow me on Twitter. That is me, even though it's not my name or likeness. <laughs> it's not my name, image, or likeness. <laughs> at C. Dirks. At C. Dirks on all socials. Duh. It's called continuity. 
Wow, Wonderful. I hope, we, I hope we get invited back. I think we might have to have you back. Durkin, are there any games that you're excited for this weekend outside of the Notre Dame game? That is such such a good question. I've just been focusing so much on um, our big game that I haven't had a chance to um, check out any other ones. But I'm sure if I'm walking by like a sports bar or something, I'll probably catch one out of the corner of my eye. and are, there any, uh, are there any friends you have that went to Wisconsin that you're w- looking forward to uh, going head-to-head with? Um, I'm sad. I'm going to miss this. That's true. I, I do iconically have a lot of friends who went to University of Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and so this weekend's really big for me. Well, what's important to remember is that this weekend is about me, right? Like, in so many ways, it's about how I have so many friends who went to Wisconsin and so many friends who went to Notre Dame that I'm going to have a really good time, kind of no matter what. Which uh, And so in the end, it's like everybody wins. We'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was kind of the looks on everybody's faces. Like, <laughs> I wish podcasting was a visual medium, but famously it's not. We could start doing that, putting out YouTube. Wait, videos yeah, you guys should have yeah, a, like, a YouTube channel. No, you should do a Patreon. Do you guys know about that? Make people subscribe to. to yeah, watch, and then watch if they pay, if they pay you like three dollars a month, then they'll get unlock like the video pod. I think I think that almost nobody. Would, would pay to watch our YouTube videos. Okay, Almost I'm just everybody. saying, not yet. Not, not yet. Not after you we get the Dirk and Bump. Maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> True. Just saying, you should invest in a Patreon. You guys can make money. All right, so I'm not going to be there, but what, I mean, win, lose, or draw, what, what bar is everybody going to Saturday night? I miss I miss going out in Chicago. If, if everybody could pick one bar they could go to on Saturday night, what would it be? Well, Slevin, I have to say, friends of mine in Chicago constantly are like, I wish Levin would come back so we could all go to LG's together because you are an we icon. Had a great night. Of, we had a great night Lady, Lady Gregory's. Tom Slevin had... shaking ass buying Coronas for everybody. <laughs> Hell yeah. What else is there? <laughs> that, that, that taxes is that. <laughs> if, we, if it's a Monday night we could find ourselves in the, the downstairs and hang up till wee hours of the day. Yeah, I could famously leave and then return to a bar that has a twenty dollar cover. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make time a bar though, you guys. Dirk can punch me on Saturday. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I'm you guys, looking forward. To be- yeah, D. What what do you what do you like? What are you looking forward to? I just want to be with my friends because that's really all it's about. I will follow them. You okay, know this guy doesn't, now, okay, now, this guy doesn't go out. Check. This guy doesn't go out. He doesn't even know bars. He doesn't even know bars. I'm glad you put that out there. Now, now give your, now give your pick. I would love yeah. to go to Old Crow after the conclusion of the game because there will be tons of TVs on like every college football game on for the rest of the day. So if I just sit up there with a couple of buckets of Bud Light, I will be content. That bar is a warehouse of televisions in so many yep. ways. If yep. you guys go to if you guys go to Old Crow, I'm gonna be really, really happy and really, really sad simultaneously. Aww. Yeah, that's my favorite part. That's okay though. Uh, drink <laughs> like all the all the aluminum Bud Lights for me. That you have. Yeah, of course. And one Guinness. Yes. <laughs> you don't have to. Well, no, the Guinness comes at 9:30 a.m. Durgan. Oh yeah, that'd be fun. Milk's down morning. <laughs> <laughs> we we could start something. Wait, did we just start something? MSM. Yeah. Milk start morning. Okay, fuck the Joe Montana ad. They need that. They need milk start morning. Yeah, encouraging people to drink Guinnesses like at nine a.m. 
I'm not. I'm still not opposed to it. Maybe you should, and then you can put it on the the pod accounts. Will do. Can we just hire you as a marketing manager for us? You'll get paid zero dollars. We'll pay you in. We'll pay you in milk stouts. People forget. Dono and I did a semester long marketing project together, yeah, and it was on a awesome. woman's shelter. People do forget that. Yeah, I'm Becca. not really sure why I would. Is that a woman's shelter that Donna was not allowed to visit? Not what do you mean? They, they didn't allow any men to visit, but I they <laughs> threw that out there without context. <laughs> I don't know. Like they should, like yeah, you weren't like no men were, but like also you weren't. <laughs> yeah, and we I'm did just throwing out that I'm not allowed in women's shelter. <laughs> the best look. Okay, I mean, I mean, they can add, you can edit this. You can not edit it. So she, it's yeah. good content. We'll keep it in. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's right. Thank you for uh, quickly lowering the professionalism of this podcast. <laughs> uh, it had to happen. <laughs> no, it needs some comic relief on a Monday. This was good. We were we were we were getting a little down on we were getting a little too down on the Notre Dame offensive line for the rest of for the to set the tone for the rest of the week. So I thought, isn't, getting dirty. isn't the defense is bad? Who's the Never mind. Defense I, played better. <laughs> but Defense that, is no, better. Hey, but that new coach ever, right? All right. Mm-hmm. He's oh. getting better too. He's getting better. Everybody's getting better. We're getting, we're we're improving. Yes. So can we get so, you to listen to like the thirty minute mark this week? Yeah. What time am I coming on? So that when I put it on my socials, I can tell all my fans exactly what time to tune in. <laughs> I'll put a timestamp in that. <laughs> time. I'll timestamp all my posts about it, being like, yeah, just fast forward. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Hey, listen right. to listen to listen. Yep. Yeah, we'll rack up numbers. Clicks on clicks. All right, Durgan. What other games are you looking for? We got AM, Arkansas, Clemson, NC State. We kind of touched on those. Going out west, UCLA, Stanford. What are your thoughts there? Oh, that's a cute one. That's like, I feel like. Um, <laughs> Some water polo like, schools. Those, well, literally, yes. I was like, oh, I know about them. <laughs> All right, so like, pick that game from a, from a water polo standpoint then. Stanford, UCLA. Yeah, who'd win? Who'd win a water polo match? Uh, men's or women's? Uh, men's and then women's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be it'll be UCLA. Well, no, that's not true. That's it's Stanford for women, UCLA for men. So that makes it out there on the West Coast. Yeah, literally. You guys ever been to Stanford? It's absolutely gorgeous. No, I'd like to go there. Not. Actually, I think, it's sad to go, though, because then you're just kind of like, oh, wish I went here. <laughs> Never. <laughs> nope. Stop, Ben. There's, like, palm trees. It's so beautiful. All right. Let's, let's, what are your thoughts on this game? Marshall against on the road against Appalachian State. Oh, that's fun. I feel like mm-hmm. Appalachian State's, like, a pretty gritty school. I think I got to go with Appalachian State. What, what's up with Marshall? Hey, wait, what's their That's last crazy. name? What's their last name? Marshall, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's, a good, That's a good take on that game, though. I think, uh, I, I think I'm with you. Yeah, I'll yeah. just take that. I'm with App State. I'm wait, are you, guys, are you guys betting off this? Am I being in? in... Sure. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I switch it up somehow. On the picks. Yeah, I, I, my little picture next to my picks. <laughs> <laughs> should, we just do, should we just do picks now? Yeah, I don't have I don't have it up. We're gonna have to do the graphic later in the week, but it's a good little preview here. Yeah. <laughs> so Durkin, your Mid Atlantic preppy school matchup here: Wake Forest against UVA. Which one Ooh. you got? UVA. I toured their campus 
and it was beautiful. Wake Forest, I don't know anything about it. So, oh, Tina Fey went to UVA. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I, I love Charlottesville. Charlottesville is a very fun town. I'm a, I'm a big fan of UVA, but Except I think – you don't, you don't like Charlottesville? I've only heard stories from the news as of recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. From, from no. college. Oh, Ian, college, no. College, no. I respect <laughs> Otherwise, not so good. Uh, I think Wake Forest might go into Charlottesville and win that football game. Sam Hartman looked pretty good last week against a bad Florida State team. Also, Ian, that was the lock I told you to take. It said you took Ohio State team total over and it missed by half a point. I missed by the hook. <laughs> he did. He did get bet, you got beat on the hook. Uh, I, th- I think Wake Forest is fun to watch and be on their side because like, they can it out. So. That, that sister, my sister goes to school there. She's currently in Barcelona. Oh, sorry, Barcelona. Um, Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, you should have led with that. She goes there. Yeah, but Sam Hartman it has a hell of an arm. So sorry, He's pretty handsome, too. He is very handsome. I feel a lot of pick. points in that game. Send the pick. Um, yeah, that, um, that's why <laughs> I was about to say. Whatever the over-under <laughs> there in that game, I want to take it's, that one. It's currently 67. It's going to go north. If you want to – you should do that. You should do that sooner yeah. rather than later. Or wait, yeah. for it to get, wait for it to get too high. It's 67 degrees there? Oh, I think it's a little under. warmer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you literally said it's going to get hotter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that happened. was pretty charming. <laughs> All right, Durkin, let's 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 wrap up with this. What's one thing Notre Dame has to do well this week to win the football game against Wisconsin? Great, great question. I'm so glad you asked. Um, they, <laughs> I think they need to. Okay, I think they actually they need defense. People are scoring on them left and right. It's humiliating. It's not fun. I like it when we. I uh, like it when we score. Because um, it's pretty obvious to know what's going on, but when the other team scores, it, can be, it becomes like, oh my god, like anything could happen now, like that sort of vibe. So definitely that, and we also need to. I think if we get better brand partnerships for all the players, they'll probably be more motivated. So I need more mission barbecue <laughs> and like <laughs> powdered energy or whatever they're all snorting. They, they need better <laughs> partnerships with the pre-workout. Pre-workout. Yeah. I know Felton actually listens to the end of these funny Felton story with pre-workout. He took a scoop of mine one time and started having hot flashes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, did he just he just fast forwards to the end? No, he, he just listens the whole way through. Okay, friend alert. Very nice. <laughs> good. Good friend, Danny. Good friend alert. Okay, his job must be boring. <laughs> Damn. Um, you're cooking everyone. <laughs> She's like, I hope it gets I hope I get invited back on. By the way. That's the worst. <laughs> yeah. No, I love the pod. I listen to the pod. Good. I I you celebrate are, look, I celebrate all of everyone, all of the hosts, multiple social media accounts. For those of you who have multiple social media accounts. <laughs> For those of you who have social media accounts who are often being impersonated, Ian, I always support. <laughs> I always support the people who are defrauding you, <laughs> which is happening constantly. <laughs> There's somebody out there that knows my password to something. I know. You're gonna like in like 50 years, like someone close to you is gonna be like, "It was me." Yeah. 
think it was going to be. Uh, I will say when my Venmo got hacked and there was an SOS, Circuit did not accept the request for two hundred seventy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> So. <laughs> and I didn't think you would hacked. I was like, "What? No, it can't be that big of an emergency." It'll be fine. I was like, "He's with Matt." I was like, "She's not alone." Yeah, uh, I was fine. I was fine. And, but, uh, and and were you fine? I was fine. You were right. You were right. <laughs> That's true. All right. Anyone got any final thoughts for the game, the atmosphere down at Soldier Field? Claire, what are your thoughts on the 11 a.m. kick? Oh, that's so brutal. Like, okay. What do you guys think? Like, is it, I guess it's like kind of fun. Then your day is really started. But like, what are you, what, what time are we waking up? Freaking early. I'm out on it. Oh yeah. my God. More like, more like we're not going to sleep. That's what we, That's we were discussing earlier. Yeah. <laughs> really? That's yeah. so terrible. People are going to do that. And then it's going to be 2 p.m. And everyone's going to be so sad. Yeah. Most but likely. No. It'll be Might interesting. Be I, I was I, whining about it to all my Wisconsin friends, and they were all like, um, games are always at 11 a.m. And I was like, yeah, for your broke-ass team. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I don't like it. Um, for anybody going to the game, good luck getting to Soldier Field. I'd be pretty proactive about that. Yeah. That's are you guys going? I'm not going to the game. Yeah, I'll be there. Ian, are you going to the nuts. game? I unfortunately have to work, like, which means just kind of sitting on the couch and like monitoring some markets, so... No, okay. but I will be around well, the weekend, like Friday and after the game. So I will experience the atmosphere, but I'm next time I'm going to be in person will be Cincinnati game. Right. Sweet. If any listeners of the pod don't have tickets to the game, DM me. We can hang out. <laughs> All right. Final score predictions. Let's get this. I, I don't know if I have a score prediction, but I will say this game goes – it's a field goal on either either side. It's almost too close to call, which is why I think the Irish cover one. But I, I think it comes down to we don't make enough plays on their side of the field. John Doerr is a little inconsistent. I think we lose it by three. I'll say 24-21. I'm going to say 28-24 Irish. I don't think I don't think Wisconsin's gonna be able to put up enough points. I think Cone will make some throws. You guys, Wisconsin is way worse than that. I think they're like really bad. Oof. Like, you think they're gonna score twenty four points? <laughs> well, you oh, just I said our know. defense is bad, Jerkin. Where are you at? That's so you you got me there. I think by four. I think this is another rock fight. I think this is a race to twenty points. I think Notre Dame wins it twenty one twenty one seventeen. All right. Again, it's going to say like 55 to nothing. 100 to zero. <laughs> <laughs> also, also, sorry, guys, but uh, Welsh fan by three touchdowns. Go wins. Go wins. Whirl it up. So you're at 100 to zero, Durkin? Yeah. Are you thinking? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to bet my rent on that. <laughs> I've known you, someone if, who's if, done if, that. If, yeah, no, I don't. That would be crazy. If that hits, you could retire next week. Yeah. Oh. You retire on Monday. You can quit on Monday. If you parlay it with Rutgers. Yeah, if you do it with Rutgers. Damn, More like parlay vu Franzen. Exactly. You're so cultured. You are our minister of culture. You are our mathematician. Yeah. That's how we're going to refer to you for our, our podcast, Miniature of Culture, comes on. <laughs> Once every okay. couple of weeks for a pep talk. I like that. I'm here for that intro. All right. 
All right. Well, it was fun talking to you guys, squad. Enjoy the game in enjoy the game in Chicago. And Ian and D, I will see you in South Bend. Uh, yes, sir. Cincinnati game. <gasps> You're going Looking to the Cincinnati to game? I'm going to that. Yep. Woo-hoo. Oh, whole team's going to be there. Get us caught up that weekend. Yep. All right, everyone. See you guys. Go Irish. All right. Okay, bye, guys.